Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's go to the hotline and welcome to this show for the first time, Will Lee. Will, how are you, sir? Good morning. You guys are nutty in the morning, I must say. Oh, no. We're wacky. Do you? you know, do wacky you remember? No, don't. Please don't ever say you'll make me jump off a bridge today. If you say those guys were good, they were wacky and zany. I'll yeah, kill myself. Yeah. Uh, do, do you remember coming down here in the early 90s? I want to say it was the I Paragon. Music. What a good dude. That was such an awesome experience. It was outside of the at a music store in Hillsborough Avenue, which you wouldn't be caught dead over there now. Girl. Thoroughbred music, yeah. Oh, thoroughbred, that's what it was. Thoroughbred. It, it it was you, and it was Anton, and it was Reb Beach, and Bill Leverty, and a whole bunch of great jazz musicians, and everybody did like clinics. And then you guys went and jammed outside, and I had to be like nineteen, twenty years old at the time. I just thought that was fantastic. It was the nuttiest uh, crew of people because every year, you know, we we were sort of a house band type of thing. Yeah, and I was kind of musical director. We would have we would have. Uh, People from all walks of music come in and play. Richard Elliott from the smooth jazz world, the guitar player from Princess. That's that's what that's where I first met. Oh, I mean, I met. I think I met Cinderella, didn't I? Princess and Cinderella, My Little Pony. It's all the same to me. But um, <laughs> we. Uh, uh, that's the first time I met Derek Trucks. Yeah, he was about fourteen years old and played his butt off. Man, he was amazing. That's right. I he forgot Derek. He plays now. Derek Trucks when he was a kid, man. He's a tear it up around here. Uh, let me ask you, Will. Right. What what were you doing before you got the call to be in the uh, late night band? Uh, well, I was actually a studio musician, so I was basically staying around town in New York doing five to eight sessions a day. And is the money good on that? Uh, if you, it adds up, if you do enough. Yeah, well, Galvin was saying earlier in the show today that you... I've heard you re- being referred to as the hardest uh, working bassist in show business. Like, you play on a lot of albums, commercials, jingles, all kind of stuff. I'd like to say that I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> was the was the late I night gig play. like a dream gig for you? It was incredible because, you know, from my interesting vantage point, I got to watch a really interesting TV show going on. So that was really fun. Do you, dude, it was like, uh, I have seen, I've been to the show a bunch of times. We're pretty good friends with the Stengel brothers and I've been there oh, for, great. yeah. And I've been there, by the way, I tried guys. to dig up some dirt on you last night. Both of them said nothing. He's cool. They had nothing <laughs> bad to say about you. Uh, I, w- I would see you. Yeah, <laughs> I would see you just walk in there uh, on your own, walk out on your own, and I thought that what a great gig! Come down, break out, play for a couple hours, sit there, smile, and then just go home. And the 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 difference between NBC late night money and CBS earlier late show money had to be fantastic. Well, it was all good. How good? Well, you know, I always had a sandwich in the refrigerator. Oh, like how good? Like you didn't really need to do other stuff if you didn't want to? Um, I did, you know, but I'm greedy, so I did do other stuff. Greedy's fine. Bank it all, Will, if well, you do. I'm just wondering if that's a job. Like, if, <laughs> if like obviously Paul was making money and you and Anton were probably making money, but then they brought in that horn section and all that, and you got to think, how much are those guys making? Like, do they need to have another job? 
Did, the question was, did we need those horn players? <laughs> no. Do you, do, is, is that enough as a late show band member, not just even for you, for Conan's old show or for any of those guys to where well, that's your only job? Yeah, you know, if, if, you, if you're good with finances, you can make a living doing just that. Yeah. Me, that's why I have to go out and be a hoe because I just, uh, I'm an idiot with money, so. Do you, do you have a ton now where you're just enjoying your post-late show life? I have a pound left. All right. That'll work. What, I, what, am enjoying, I am enjoying the, the, the post-life because it's, it's a different kind of, it's, it's kind of like a new toy, this freedom thing. I'm, I'm able to speak to you on a weekday. Yeah, for that, example. that's true. You're, 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 I wouldn't In the town that you're in. Do do you uh, do you have a uh, bands that you are, are, are like particularly uh, fond of that you're like this was the greatest night we've had in a while? Like I know you enjoy playing with a lot of these bands, but are there some that stick out for you? Um, are you talking about the TV show? Yeah, on the TV oh, show. Going out playing live. Um, well, you know, I mean, obviously, number one was James Brown. There was just no comparison. Wow. Once that happened, and that and that was early. That was in the first year of the show. And once that happened, you know, you couldn't top that. We've had uh, a couple of friends who've been, uh, uh, we had a band called Vintage Trouble that were friends of ours that played on the show. Yeah. Yes. I I know those. I remember those guys. We had this long conversation about how I was like, there's, Galvin said there's only been a couple of bands where Dave has asked them to play again. Yeah. Like when they're done. He loved those guys. They were were fun. They're fantastic. They're fantastic musicians and they've had a, a huge run since their appearance. Uh, we're talking to Will Lee now. I I first heard your band. Uh, th- this is if you're a Beatles fan, this is the way to go. Uh, I, I heard you guys years ago, all in the studio on Howard Stern show, and yeah. and you guys played live there, and it sounded like you were listening off any Beatles album. I mean, I would imagine one of the things is you all have to be huge Beatles fans. Well, yes. And we're also archaeologists, so we like we like recreating it, you know, faithfully to the record. Right, sticking to it. How? Who are the first couple of people in the band? Like, how does it start out? Well, when when uh, I first heard our drummer Rich Pagano, when I first heard him singing and playing, we weren't playing Beatles music, but I heard something in his playing and singing that that made me think, man, this guy could sing the, the daylights out of a Lennon song. Mm. And by the way. He's totally got the Ringo thing down on drums. So almost immediately I, I had this idea, wouldn't it be fun to bring the Beatles records to the stage with this guy and Jimmy Vivino, who's who's a another music genius sure. from, New, from New York who now lives out in L.A. because he's the musical director for, for the Conan show, for Conan O'Brien. But he's the guy who he'll fly the farthest to come out here to, like tonight to play in Tampa when that we're going to do it at the Capitol Theater. Yeah, tonight and, tonight is a show at the Capitol Theater. You can get tickets at uh, RuthEckertHall dot com. And then you and then you pull who friends of yours or other guys you know or, or Beatles fans or how does that work out? Well, I knew there had to be more than four guys to do it because because those records have all these magical textures. Yeah, going on that, that can't be done with a band that's who's trying to look like and pretend to be the Beatles. <laughs> So you gotta have you gotta have at least five people in there to get those gorgeous double vocals and stuff and all those other little cool percussion tech percussion uh, elements and and keyboard things. So you know, once I got those three guys in place, it was easier to talk more people into being in the band because they knew people that I didn't know and people that knew about 
save Jimmy Vivino, for example, you know, there's instant credibility there. So guys are willing to take a chance and go, well, Beatle, I don't know, that sounds a little corny, but maybe I'll go for it. And they did. And we and we ended up with the five greatest possible guys. Yeah. And, and it's been the same five guys since 1998. Wow. And the, and the thing is, is that... Kind you, of a record. Yeah, that you, you get a lot of... Uh, Beatles tribute bands and who's doing what, but really, if you get guys like you who are fans and who stick to it and try to recreate it exactly the way they did it and are all great musicians, that's that's absolutely worth seeing. I've heard the band before; they sound fantastic. They're at the Capitol Theater tonight. Uh, you can get uh, tickets at ruthegerthall.com or eight hundred eight seven five eighty six eighty two. Let me ask you one more question: Who, when you guys switched over, who were who were some of the other? Because I had heard that they tried to get Steve Vai in the band as well. Were there other musicians you went after? In the Fab Faux? Yeah. Yeah. They were, no, no. I'm sorry. In the Late Show band, from the late night to the late show. Oh, late. late uh, maybe. I don't know who they tried to get, but I, but I know that, that we stole Felicia Collins from Cindy Lauper. Uh-huh. She was, uh, she was our female guitarist. And in the very beginning uh, of the CBS run, we tried to, to stay away from horns. By, ha- by having a fatter rhythm section, you know, Dave wanted a fuller sound and more prime time sound. And Paul said, "Paul asked, can you let me try this other thing instead of getting horns first? Because you know it's less traditional and it might be cooler." Right. And uh, we got Bernie, the, the wonderful Bernie Worrell, Doctor Wu from Parliament Funkadelic, and he was an extra keyboard player. And Dave, you know, gave it a chance. He said, "We'll let, we'll let you try it for for what thirteen weeks or whatever the first quarter of the year is." And he said. And, you know, he said, yeah, I got to admit, I really do want horns. I love this, but I, I just really want horns. Yeah. So that's, that's when the, that's when the fight started. How about, how about this? Why is Dave always trying to buy the drum sets from all the drummers that are out there? Dave is fascinated, fascinated with drums, drumming and drummers. You know, he just really focuses on the guy back there driving the bus behind every band and what and when he buys them from these guys is he playing them or is he just sticking them in a warehouse somewhere like in the end of indiana jones i these days i'm not sure because early on he would actually before with the band hit the stage he would you know we'd walk in and dave would be pounding on anton's drums really is he good well you know (laughs) you can say no now he can't fire you now you can say no I just have to, I mean, seriously, for a talk show host, he was unbelievable. Uh-huh, there you go. And uh, and um, <laughs> we, we hear that all the time from musicians, and you could see him talk to the guys that are there. So we sent him uh, a drum kit. We sent him a D-drum kit for his birthday uh, about probably like th- three years ago. Yeah, because we'd, we'd been there a couple of times. He'd mentioned us on the show a couple of times. The Stengels would incorporate us in uh, subliminally to the show. And he and he's even tried to prank call our show a couple of times yeah. for meetings. So uh, we were like, he's been so nice to us. He loves drums. So we send him a set of D drum uh, drums, brand new. Shipped them up to the late show. Had a, uh, all that stuff. Got a letter in the mail about a week later. Thank you so much for the drums. We've donated them to the Bronx School of Music. <laughs> they didn't even make them into the into the into the warehouse full of drums that he bought. He just didn't even look at them. They just shipped them right to the Bronx School of Music. But hey, good luck to the Bronx. Uh, what do you expect? What do you expect? <laughs> I, you know, I I do have to say about the quality of of Dave's drumming versus anybody else that's just done the drum kit. The most important thing in the world is to learn how to go. Catch, 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 catch. 
<clears throat> right? I can't do that. If you can do that, if you can do that, you'll be working for the rest of your life. But guys like Dave and, and other guys who sit at the drums have this other idea that it should be. <laughs> but that's not it. That's why Ringo was such a genius. And that's why, you know, some people who think the flashy thing is the best thing in the world, and that might be true for a moment, but as far as like, you know, musicality and what, what's important to music itself and grooves, listen closely and you'll see that that's what's going on behind your favorite songs. It's just that. And I find that so interesting now. For years, Ringo was almost like the joke of the band, and drummers will say, oh, you know, Ringo, I'm a better drummer than Ringo. But now all of a sudden, like the last couple of years, has been uh, Dave Grohl and all these drummers have come out and said that that Ringo beat that he did was so significant to the, the success of the Beatles song where he's actually getting the credit now from drummers. Every song he designed an amazing beat for. Yeah. You know, you got the ticket to ride thing. You got the come together thing, which is an amazing drum part. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all that great stuff going on. You got tomorrow never knows. You know, who thinks of these things? You I mean, design them per song. So well, craft with such great craftsmanship. If you are a fan of Ringo, yeah, uh, go see the Fab Faux. Uh, you will love them. They are at the Capitol Theater. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a great show. Oh, great. We're doing, Rubber Soul. we're doing all of Rubber Soul tonight. Though. Oh wow! Uh, and and uh, uh, beautiful theater. I don't know if you've been out there yet, but the uh, Capitol Theater is great in downtown Clearwater. Shows at eight o'clock. RuthEckerHall dot com. You can get the tickets there. Uh, great to talk to you, my man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the air. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. We are Thank going from from much. bass player to bass player on, on Monday. The other fine bass player from TV, Mike Huckabee, will be joining us on the yeah. program. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Good luck, Will. Appreciate the call, man. All right, cats. There you go. There you go. Will Lee from the uh, Late Show and the Fab Faux.